The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gam Podcast are now represented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get a free extra $100 at sportsgampodcast.com slash winbet, sportsgampodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here in the Sports Gam Podcast Network. It is currently Sunday, February 26th, early Sunday, February 26th. And I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this pod. And it is time to go through two ATP finals because we have the finals going on in Marseille and in Rio de Janeiro. Reminder, it's not three even though we had three tournaments this week because they did the Doha final yesterday. But before I get into any of those previews for the Sunday matches, do want to recap how we did in yesterday's show, both from a picks perspective and from an overall match breakdown perspective or match overview. So starting off with the lock and dog, we had a pretty good show as we ended up losing the lock, but we did win the dog. For the lock, we ended up having Bublik plus two and a half games at minus 130 against Herkaz. Line closed at around two, so we ended up beating half a game of line movement. Didn't matter, though. Bublik played well. Unfortunately, Herkaz, who was struggling with his serve in the first two rounds, which was a big piece of our handicap, all those struggles went away because Herkaz served incredibly well. I believe he landed 75% of his first serves, and as a result, he was basically impossible to break the entire match. Bublik had some chances, couldn't really convert, but Bublik played well, unfortunately not well enough as he lost 6-4-7-6. So despite Herkaz serving that well, we still got hooked, which is unfortunate, but that does tell me if I'm reading into stuff, that if Herkaz was serving as badly as he was in the first two rounds, Bublik would have easily have won, but unfortunately that uh, was not the case, and we picked up a loss there. However, did win the dog with Murray over one and a half breaks of serve at plus 115. Wasn't easy, but Murray did break twice. He had a lot of break point chances throughout the match, though, so we weren't exactly fortunate. Murray was able to apply pressure, but... In the end, he ended up finishing with exactly two, so a nice winner there. So technically made some money, not a lot, though. Basically 0.15 units and look for another winning day and a sweep here on Sunday. But to actually break down the action with some of our leans from yesterday's matches, we were really good uh, on yesterday's show. Starting off with the Doha match, we did a lean to Medvedev to win the match. However, we did like Murray plus four and a half. And Medvedev ended up winning 6-4, 6-4. So that match kind of went the way we thought it would. I thought maybe about the over, the two and a half sets over. But in reality, I think we kind of agreed Medvedev would win two competitive sets, which is what happened. Then for Marseille, we got the Bublik match wrong because we thought that Bublik would win. And we also thought that the over was a pretty good play. And that fell just a bit short. However, we were right about Bonzi on the money line at plus price against Phil's, which I thought was an insane price for a very young Frenchman who has been definitely moving up in the rankings. But if you look at who he's beaten in this event, his best win was against the post-prime Warenka. I just thought he was overvalued. And I thought Bonzi was the better player at this point based on the experience as well. I thought the moment might be a little bit too big for the wild card entry. And it was as Bonzi ended up winning that match 6-4, 6-4. Then moving on to Rio de Janeiro, we basically crushed these two matches. Starting off with the Nori Zapata Marias match, 
We absolutely hit that one out of the park. We like Zapata Marias plus the four and a half. We like the over in games. We like the over two and a half sets. And most importantly, we like Nori in, in three sets. We mentioned it. Unfortunately, I didn't grab a price on that play, but we did like Nori to win in three and Zapata Marias to cover. And that's, exa- that's exactly what happened. Really just a good match, but Nori got the job done wearing down Zapata Marias in the tiebreaker. I believe now in his career, Zapata Marias is four and 13 in tiebreakers. So if you see him in a breaker, you should probably fade him. And you've made money if you blindly faded him in that role. But he got really just dominated from the opener of the from the opening of the tiebreak onward. And Nori did open up, I think it was a 4-1 lead, and he basically coasted from that point. But looking at the last match, which was the fun match between Alcaraz and Jari, and for this match, we read it correctly. But unfortunately, we ended up losing on the Jari Plus games here. We thought it would be very competitive. We thought Alcaraz would win. We even mentioned Jari plus one and a half sets at plus 150, and that got there too. We liked the over, which got there. However, we did like Jari plus four and a half games, and he won the first set 7-6, lost the second set 7-5. So all we need is for Jari to not totally implode in the third set. You even saw the trainer out for Alcaraz there in the uh, end of the second set. And then Jari completely fell apart because Alcaraz ended up winning the final set 6 nothing. He won the last eight games of the match. Brutal beat if you had Jari plus the four and a half. Jari even had, uh, I think it was a love 40 on Alcaraz's serve in the first game of the second set, and he let Alcaraz sneak away. But the second set, and really the first two sets were incredible. And then Alcaraz, whether he was maybe milking the trainer a little bit in, in terms of stalling, or if he just got a little bit of treatment, maybe a painkiller kicked in, and Alcaraz was able to just dominate moving forward. But Jari seemed really out of it after he lost the second set, and that carried over and snowballed into the third. So we got the one and a half sets right. We got the over right, the two and a half sets right. But unfortunately for us, we did end up losing the Jari plus four and a half games. But when it comes to the winners, we got uh, every match right except for one. We thought that everybody would win, and we were cor- we thought that everybody who won would win except for Herkaz, and even that match we thought would be close. But we thought Bublik might sneak it out. Either way, point is, very good day for the show, despite the splitting of the lock and dog, and hopefully we end up sweeping these two matches. But without further ado, I've stalled with the just basic stuff, the basic announcements and procedure, and now it's time to actually move on to the Sunday matches. So going in chronological order, starting off with the Herkaz and Bonzi match in Marseille. Uh, that's taking place at 8 p.m. E- at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, and then you have the Rio de Janeiro match, which is taking place at around 3:30 p.m. Eastern Time. So you have roughly five and a half hours in between the starts of each match, so you have a lot of time to uh, watch both if you wake up early. But either way, uh, starting off with the breakdown of the money line spread and total for this Marseille match, you have Herkes as the favorite which is not a shock whatsoever, but he's around minus 180. Bonzi's plus 160 the other way. As for the games, Herc has minus two, minus two flat is minus 115, and Bonzi plus two is minus 105 the other way. And the over-under is around 22.5 or 23.5. 22.5 is minus 150 to the over. 23.5 is minus 110 apiece. And for actual player prop games, Bonzi's over-under 12.5 games, 
the under is minus 120, and Herkaz is a flat 13. The over is minus 120. Now, there's also some fun props. If you want to talk about aces, you have the over-under total aces of 23.5. Bonds, the over-under in aces is 5.5, with minus 115 juice on both sides. And Herkaz aces over-under 17.5. The over-under is also minus 115. As for the breaks, the total number of breaks over-under 3.5. The under is minus 165. The over is uh, plus 135 and for individual breaks Bonzi to break twice is plus 125 for him not to break twice is minus 155 and Herkaz to break twice is minus 165 on the over and for him to not do that is plus 135 and for double faults the over under is at three and a half the unders at minus 145 the overs at plus 115 and for individual double faults Bonzi over one and a half is minus 180 under one and a half is plus 150, and Herc has one and a half is plus 170. Under one and a half is minus 215. Now, this is the second meeting between these players. They faced off a long time ago, back in 2018, and in that match, you ended up seeing Herc has a win, 6-2-7-6, but it was a challenger event in 2018. That was roughly four and a half years ago. I'm not going to read much into it. That doesn't mean anything to me, but I'm just bringing it up that Herkaz did win the first meeting. And if you want to buy stock into that one, be my guest, but I will not. Now to go through the actual pathway for both players, uh, you're looking at who each player has faced and Bonzi definitely has had the tougher level of competition. Herkaz had a very nice win against Bublik, and I can't even say that Bublik has a bad record this year because he does, but you look you looked at how Bublik was playing so far in this event and how he even played yesterday. Bublik looked good. Bublik looked like a top 25 guy based on yesterday's performance and the overall Marseille run, and Herkaz beat him. But I do wonder if he's not able to replicate the 75% first serve percentage, will he be able to look that sharp. And I think that's going to be the problem because I'm not sure how sustainable that 75% first serve percentage is. Meanwhile, Bonzi, sorry, I didn't mention the rest. So Herkaz beat Bublik, beat Yemmer, which I guess is a nice win because Yemmer is always an annoying player to play against because he's fast and his court coverage is crazy. But I think we can agree Yemmer is a pretty decent player. Not amazing, but he's fine. Beat a youngster and ready, and that's basically it. Plus, he also made a relatively... Decent run at Rotterdam, losing to Dimitrov. So fatigue could be a bit of an issue. As for Bonzi, though, beat Phils in straight sets. Relatively easy matchup for him, facing a wild card in the semis. Did beat Diminor very comfortably in straight sets. Beat Cressy in three in the second round and ended up beating a relative unknown uh, who had given him a bit of issues in the past. Uh, 7-5-7-5 as he ended up beating Van Asha which I believe is how it's pronounced. I might be wrong there, but he was a minus 200 favorite and ended up winning that match. So I think Bonzi's had the tougher level of competition because he had to beat Diminor and Cressy. And we just saw Cressy make a final in Montpierre a couple of weeks ago. So I do think that based on what I've seen, Bonzi has the skill set to beat Herkaz. Now, is he going to? I'm not totally sure because if Herkaz serves this well, he's going to be very tough to beat. The entire match to me seems to come down to Herkaz's serve. I think Bonzi can hold his own, and Bonzi's also not afraid of really disrupting rhythm from the opposition by trying to hit a lot of slices, hit some short balls. He has a pretty high tennis IQ where he knows Herkaz is pretty comfortable just standing behind the baseline and trying to hit some power shots to overwhelm Bonzi. I expect to see a lot of off 
off-speed stuff, a lot of changing pace and trying to potentially lure Herkaz in. But I do think you'll end up seeing Bonzi really make life difficult for Herkaz at various points in this match by trying to use variety to keep Herkaz guessing and to keep him from sustaining any rhythm. And plus, Bonzi is the hometown guy in the final because he's from France, so he should have a pretty good home court advantage. Didn't apply in the semi because Phils is also French, but I do think the crowd will be mostly behind him. Herkaz, though, if he plays as well or if he serves as well as he did against Bonzi, he'll win this match in straight sets. That's really the issue that I have. He's going to need to hit a first serve percentage of around 60 or anything below 65 for Bonzi to have a shot to win. But Bonzi's been serving pretty well. He's also not exactly unfamiliar with ATP finals because he did make the final in India earlier this year, which he lost to Greek Spore. And that loss actually looks better as the year progresses, because Greek Spore has been pretty good. But the point is, I think if I had to pick any way to lean here, I think I would lean to Bonzi plus the two and a half games, which is probably around minus 130. I know it's going to sound annoying because we just lost on this exact play yesterday, but I do think Bonzi with the home crowd can definitely make this a very competitive match. I think Herkaz could potentially punt the set if the unforced errors from the baseline end up really just taking over the match for Herkaz for at least a little while. And we've seen unforced errors be an issue for him in the past. And I'm hoping Bonzi can generate enough pressure on the serve, but you could see another six, uh, seven, six, seven, six type of match where Bonzi loses, but it's very close. And we know if Herkaz ends up serving well, he might just take his chances and try to win in the breaker. So I do think you could end up seeing Herkaz in several service games, go behind 30 love and he kind of just mentally punts it and just moves on and looks to try to win the next one. But I think for this match, I'm going to lean to Bonzi plus the two and a half and I will lean to the over 22 and a half at minus 150. If you can shop around and find a better price, I'd take it. But I do think you'll probably end up seeing a similar seven, six, six, four score line or it goes three. But I do think you'll end up seeing a bit of a longer match. And as for the props here, the over two and a half sets of plus 115 is interesting, but I'm trying to think if that price is actually high enough for me to consider. I don't think it's a great enough price for me, so I think I'm just going to stay away from that. But I do think if you want to go for some other options here, you could take Herkaz under one and a half breaks at plus 135 if you really think Bonzi has a shot to win this match. Because if he does, I don't think he's going to break Herkaz twice. So I do think you'll end up seeing a limited number of breaks in this match. And I do think you'll end up seeing potentially Bonzi hold serve well if this match turns into a bit of a slugfest. But as for my thoughts on who's going to win this match, I think I'll lean Herkaz. But in reality, I do think this match is very close. But as you can tell, I'm not exactly sold on which way to lean for the money line or even just the overall side, because I do think Bonzi's good enough to keep this match competitive without actually winning. So moving on to the Rio de Janeiro final is a matchup between Alcaraz and Nori. And yes, before you uh, actually have to think about the last time you saw this match, you don't have to think that hard because they faced off last Sunday in Buenos Aires and Alcaraz ended up winning that match in straight sets. Unfortunately, we did get a really bad beat in the lock on that episode because we had Alcaraz and Nori under the total of 20 and a half. 
and he was serving for the match, and Alcaraz choked it, which would have gave us the win. And then it, he ended up winning 7-5, and the match went over by a hook. But we were right about Alcaraz basically dominating the match from start to finish. He's got more firepower, more weapons, and Nori doesn't exactly have that luxury, which allows Alcaraz's speed to really dictate the match because Nori can't hit many winners. And if Alcaraz can force it at extra shots, and Nori doesn't exactly have the firepower to blow Alcaraz off the court, then Alcaraz obviously has an edge. Now, the problem that Alcaraz has is the fact that he's played a lot of tennis. So is Nori, though, so that cancels out. But you're looking at Alcaraz in this event, and he has not looked totally sharp. And now some of it could be the fact that his head coach, his main head coach, Ferrero, has not been in attendance. He's not there for the event. So maybe there's a little bit of an adjustment period between him and the remainder of the coaching staff. But Alcaraz is still here, but you're looking at his overall matches in this event, and he has not looked great. And that was actually the first cover that he's had in the entire event in the three-set match against Jari yesterday, but beat Alves, relative unknown, 6-4, 6-4. Spread was seven, wasn't even close. Faced Fognini, lost the first set, ended up not covering the five and a half, but he won the match. Uh, faced, faced off against Lahovich, he won 6-4, 7-6. Lahovich was serving for the set and ended up choking it in the second, did not cover there, and then ended up beating Jari, but was down a set and a love 40 to start the second set and ended up uh, winning the match and covering based on the 6-0 final set. So Alcaraz has been vulnerable, not to mention the trainers constantly looking at either his hamstring or his thigh during the late second set and even some early third set stuff there. So I am a bit concerned about Alcaraz's fitness at the moment. Now, Nori has had a couple of long matches as well, as he ended up going three sets against Delian and three sets with a third set tiebreak against Zapata Marias yesterday, which he won. But usually, I've mentioned this before, if you have an immediate rematch between two guys within the span of about a week, usually it applies to up to around a month. Usually the guy who lost the first meeting does pretty well in the in the rematch. Not saying he's going to win, but I think Nori could definitely make this match very competitive. And I think Alcaraz might be on the ropes at several points in this match because I am a bit concerned with Alcaraz's consistency in this event and really just the lack of overall dominance that we're used to seeing from him. And maybe he found something there in the third set against Jari. Maybe Jari just punted the match. It kind of looked that way once he immediately went down 3 nothing to start the set. But I do think that Nori can potentially hang in there. And once again, even though Alcaraz did win in Buenos Aires, a tournament that he looked very comfortable in after his three-set win against Dejir in his first match there, he still only won by five games. The spread is four and a half, but it was six, three, seven, five. So Nori did hang in there. And I do think at the end of the day, Nori does have the ability and the consistency to make Alcaraz's life difficult, especially if the hamstring or the thigh act up again. So you're looking at four and a half for the spread, a little bit of juice to, to Nori at minus 125. The money line's minus 440 on Alcaraz, plus 360 on Nori. The over-under is around 20 and a half, minus 145 on the over, plus 115 to the under, or you could get 21 and a half, minus 115 on the over, and minus 105 on the under. As for the total games for each player on the player prop, you end up having nine and a half for Nori, over is minus 120, under is minus 110, and the over-under 
is 12 and a half for Alcaraz overs minus 130 and the under is even money. So nor to win a set, by the way, is minus 110. Alcaraz to win in straight sets is around minus 120. And for the match to go three sets, it is plus 150. Now, I think I kind of tipped my hand on where I'm going for this match. First of all, I'm not picking Nori to win. I'm not going to do that. I think that Alcaraz will still find a way. And Nori, I still have issues with how he defends his serve because he doesn't serve that big. And Alcaraz has these moments where he just turns into a monster. And I think that he could hit some phenomenal shots on the run behind the baseline, like we saw in that passing shot against Jari, or even a couple of passing shots against Jari, where Jari approached the net and Alcaraz is able to rip it past him despite being about 10 feet off the court. But you're looking at my break. My breakdown for this match is similar to the breakdown I had in Buenos Aires, except for the fact that Alcaraz is looking more vulnerable than he did in the last match. But to go through the head-to-head... Alcaraz has done well in the head-to-head, but Nori has kept some matches close. You had the 6-3-7-5 match a week ago. Alcaraz won. They faced off against Cincinnati on hardcourt. Nori did win in three sets with the first two sets going to breakers. They played in Madrid in 2022. Alcaraz won that one in three. 6-4-6-7-6-3. Faced off in Indian Wells at hardcourt. Alcaraz won 6-4-6-3. And faced off in the U.S. Open in 2021. Alcaraz won in straight sets. So... The two clay matches in their careers, Alcaraz has won at least 13 games in each of them, and Nori has gone to at least one 7-5 set or 7-6 set in both of those matches. So I think I'm leaning to Nori over in his... I kind of like both players over for their player props here. I think Alcaraz could win another set 7-5 or 7-6. He could lose a set and then he still gets the six games despite losing the set. But I do think Alcaraz over 12.5 is worth a look, and Nori over 9.5 is worth a look. So obviously, I do like the over in this match. I think you could end up seeing another 7-5 or 7-6 in a set, and I think you could end up seeing this match turn into a marathon. Maybe Alcaraz drops a set, and then you end up seeing his level pick up once he potentially takes some painkillers or maybe Nori's level tails off a bit like we saw in that second set against Zapata Marias. But I am going to go with the over in this match, and I will lean to Nori plus four and a half games. I think you'll end up seeing a more competitive match than people think. I think people are automatically penciling Alcaraz in for a straight set victory. But based on how vulnerable he's been in this event, I'm not exactly comfortable laying four and a half games or minus three and a half games at minus 165. So for me, I'm going to lean to Nori plus the four and a half. Do I feel great about it? Not really, but based on what I've seen in this event, I'm not going to lay that with Alcaraz and I will lean to the over for this match, but uh, that's going to wrap it up for the actual previews of the Sunday matches in Marseille and in Rio de Janeiro. But fortunate into the lock and dog picks, one of a quick word from our sponsor. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the SportsCam Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting uh, and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's build-your-own-bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get $100 extra limited state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportscampodcast.com slash winbet. So then we sent you the sportscampodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T offer. 
Subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or somebody who knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The SGPN merch store continues to add new items to the store every day. Head over to store.sportsgampodcast.com to get your favorite shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodie. My personal favorite item that they have on the merch store is it's going to sound very cheesy, but I do like it. It's a coffee mug that says over or under two and a half cups of coffee. I think that's definitely something unique. It's funny. It makes me laugh when I look at it. And if you didn't know, you could also use mugs to drink stuff, not necessarily coffee related. I'm going to leave it there. But other than that, though, check out the merch store. A lot of great and really high quality products over there. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts. Plus, they got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA golf. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the two finals in Marseille and in Rio de Janeiro. Now it's time to get into the actual picks for the show in the lock and dog segment. Starting off with the lock, I am going to go to the Alcaraz and Nori match. And this match is pretty tricky, but I am going to go with an over of some kind. I got to figure out which one I want to take, either the full match or the player prop total game overs or team total overs. I think I'm going to go with Alcaraz team total over 12 and a half games at minus 130 on the over. Simply put, I think Alcaraz will win a set either 7-5 or 7-6, or at least one of the sets will go that far, and that's going to bode well for Alcaraz's over here. But we've seen Alcaraz's level be a little bit inconsistent at times. He's also battling a bit of a leg injury, so maybe Nori can sneak by and win a set. We did see the match a week ago, though, finish 6-3-7-5. And yes, I know Alcaraz faced no break points for pretty much the entire match, except when he was serving for the match and Nori broke. But the point is, based on how vulnerable Alcaraz has looked in Rio de Janeiro compared to Buenos Aires, I think Nori should be able to pressure Alcaraz's service games more regularly. And I think as a result, you might see a lot more breaks, which could result in some longer sets or even a three-setter. But 12 and a half games for a guy that just won 13 games in the last meeting, and Nori really didn't play that well. Now he's a bit compromised, and he's on a court that he's looked less comfortable in than the previous tournament. I'm not picking Nori to win because I still think Alcaraz has more firepower, and I think that he's the better overall player by a decent margin. But I think that Nori can do enough to make Alcaraz's life difficult and to make one set at least become a bit of a longer one. So give me Alcaraz over 12.5 games individually at minus 130. And for the dog, I am going to go to the Bonzi and Herkaz match, and I'm going to take a prop here. I'm going to go to the double fault prop, and I'm going to go with the over Three and a half double faults at plus 115. Uh, I think, simply put, this price is a bit off to me. Bonzi's double faults are at over one and a half minus 180. So they're basically penciling him in for two double faults, maybe more. And if you're looking at his last couple of matches, he has had a decent amount of double faults. Now, I mentioned before the challenger match in the head to head was roughly four and a half years ago. But in that match, if you want to use it, 
each player had three double faults, so they ended up with six. But you're looking at, I'll start off with the Herkaz numbers here. So Herkaz had a zero double fault against Bublik. He had one against Yemmer. He had one against Reddy. He had a zero against Dimitrov, and he had five against Batista Agut. So occasionally, double fault that can flare up, but usually he's pretty good at it. But he did have one double fault in two of the last three matches. And Bonzi, I think he can, he can get to three. There's a chance Herkaz maybe ends up with two or three. And if Herkaz gets to two, then we're definitely in good shape. But with Bonzi basically being priced into an automatic two double faults, and he could potentially have more, I think plus 115 for the over and double faults is a bit low. Uh, I think the price should be really around even money, in my opinion. But I'm looking at Bonzi's matches here. Had zero against Phil's had two against Diminor, and that finished 6-2, 6-4. So that was a relatively short match, and yet he still had two double faults. Cressy, he had four, and in the first round, he had three against Asha. So if you're looking at his numbers, he's had at least two double faults in uh, three of the four matches here. He also had three double faults against Sinner in Rotterdam. So he's had at least two double faults in three of his last four matches or sorry, four of his last five matches. He had at least two double faults in four of his last five matches, and I think as a result, he should be able to get the two. I think there's a decent chance he gets the three. He might even get the four. Who knows? Maybe Bonzi gets a bit nervous in some big moments, and maybe he ends up double faulting a bunch, but I think that three and a half double faults combined at plus 115 is a pretty good price, and there's also the chance that this match is very competitive like we think it's going to be, and it goes to three sets, and you have a marathon with a lot more service games combined, and that drastically increases our chances. So once again, the lock for this episode will be the Alcaraz team total for individual games at over 12.5 at minus 130, and the dog for the podcast will be Bonzi and Herkaz combined double faults over 3.5 at plus 115. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We'll be back once again next week several times, but we do have a couple of big tournaments coming up uh, to go through the schedule. We have Acapulco, and we also have Dubai, and we also have Chile. So we have a lot of events going on. Three that should be pretty fun. You have two hardcore events and a clay event, so a bit of variety there. Looking forward to it. But I'm not sure if we'll do the episode on Monday or Tuesday, We'll definitely get it done within one of those two days, and we'll have another episode for the uh, semis and the finals like we always have been doing. But don't forget also, if you've been watching the show or listening to the podcast, uh, don't forget to leave a review and to just overall hit me up on Twitter if you have any questions about any matches or even if you just want some bonus tennis content. I give out YouTube picks every night for free, uh, sometimes on tennis as well, and I link all those on my Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio, but don't forget to leave a comment and to rate the podcast if you like it, or even if you don't, just give us some feedback so we know what to potentially improve on. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.